Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Oh, let's talk about the actual only bet you should probably ever make on First Coach Fire this year, because God damn it, I don't like to use the word lock, especially <laughs> when I'm talking about starting quarterbacks. We'll get to Seattle someday, but boy, howdy. Like, I have not come across a year where it's like, how does this not be the first coach fired? Like, and again, anything can happen. Nothing's for sure. And he's heavy chalk, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into the Panthers here right now. And I'll, uh, I'll give you a countdown so we can do another podcast. Three, two, one. Welcome to the deep dive. Cats walking around the keyboard. Hopefully it didn't screw us up here, but, um, yeah, let's talk about some cats and a team and a franchise that is lacking identity in a way that puts them very, 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 very squarely in the do not bet category for me. <laughs> like they got just enough talent on this roster. They got just enough high, you know, just enough potential when things are going well that they're going to win too many games to be in contention to really draft the quarterback of the future. But at the same time, like if they even sniff relevance or success, it's going to be because of luck and uh, people are going to get pats on the back or paid or job security out of it. And then the next thing you know, you wake up one morning and you are the, the Cardinals or the <laughs> Texans of the Bill O'Brien days, you know, Cardinals. like that's kind of, that's kind of where you've put yourself, where you've taken these gambles at the quarterback position now for the third straight season, if you're Carolina, and there is no upside. Either it works and you win too many games to get a good quarterback in the draft, or it fails and you are now a third straight season of wasting the prime of some young players on an offensive roster that otherwise has enough talent to succeed in today's NFL. And yeah. it's, you know, it's not like Dave Tepper doesn't get it, but, you know, the NFL is all about the quarterback position at this stage. You either have one, you're trying to coach one up that you've drafted, or you do not have one. In which case you are scrambling for scraps and the Panthers are scrambling for scraps. Yeah. Yeah. And you either, yeah, you either have an, you either have one or you don't. And Darnold seemed like it for a couple of games and going back to 2021. I should mention as I forgot again, but I'll, I don't have a good segue today, but I will mention that these previews are brought to you by the Circa contests. All our preseason content is, and guess what? We're going to be out there Friday signing up. I don't know how many you're entering. I think I'm just, I already have a piece of some other people's uh, entries. So I'm probably just going to do one each, even though Survivor is just burning money for me. I'm so bad at it, but I do like the, I do like the other contest and guess what? It's all rake free, $12 million, lots of cash to be given away. I think if you win, you even get a ring. So nice. go out there. Yeah, if you're, and if you're out there Friday or Saturday, get some hardware. I will buy you a beer. One beer. That's the limit. Domestics only. Not the t tall. It has to be like a 16-ounce tap. That's it. 
that's all you get. But I, I will see you out there if you come out to Vegas this weekend. We'll be we'll be hanging and signing up. And then yeah, it's uh, Gil says he's the first coach fired or coach of the year because of the expectations. That that is kind of funny. But um, yeah, the maybe the most bet week one game I've seen in a long time for like two months out. This fucking Cleveland Carolina game because of the the quarterback situation for both as it was just supposed that they were going to try to get a quarterback that wasn't Darnold and that we'd see a suspension on the Cleveland side, which is very, very, very likely at this point, obviously, because you've already come down with one that's in the appeals process. But yeah, Carolina last year, they gave up a bunch. We talked about this in the Jets episode. Good for the Jets for both of their trades, getting pieces or getting capital for a couple pieces that they wanted to get rid of. And yeah, the, the Darnold thing really, really looks worse in rear view even. And now they've, they've, and the, this whole charade about the, we'll get to this year. Charade. The charade about the, uh, the quarterback competition is just going me too. But this team was three and oh, and then you go back and look, it's like, oh, you know, you beat the Jets and the Texans and you beat the Saints as they were just trying to get their feet under themselves with a, you know, a new quarterback starting it out for the season. Like that wasn't a good three and oh, and then all of a sudden it, it devolves quickly down to what five and 12 and two straight five win seasons for a, you hire, basically you hired a guy from Waco coached at Baylor. What's their mascot? The bears. Oh, and, and then after two years, you guys say, Hey, what's that bear doing? What's that bear doing? What's that, what's that what bear is doing? that bear doing? What is that bear doing? Because that rule, was the highlight of last year's. That was the rule. That, I, I could watch that a million times. But rule was, was really highly touted as a uh, not only like, hey, this is a can't miss thing, but he brought Joe Brady, and Joe Brady became one of those casualties of, hey, it's not going well, and we need to throw someone under the bus, and. This is a good spot for that. And yeah, two straight five win seasons. Yeah, no wonder you're on that. You're a hot seat. It is year three. It's put up or shut up. And last year was ugly at times. We saw the cumulative effect of Christian McCaffrey running. I think he had 700 touches in two years. Mm. Like that catches up and just poor quarterback play. Um, A few missing pieces on a defense once, you know, the defense was okay. And then we had some injuries. That really started to hurt what was probably going to be a really good defense at times and spiraled down to, like we said, a five-win season that finished fourth in the division last year. And then, yeah, the Joe Brady thing did feel weird. Like, is this what we're doing with this team right now? So, I don't know. Thoughts on 21, Drew? Uh, It was a failed gamble on Sam Darnold that you could see coming a mile away that we talked about having no upside and ultimately broke poorly for you, but you still at least ended up with a top six draft choice. The problem was you didn't have any other draft capital last year. That was a huge, 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 huge issue for me in terms of like vision of building this team. Somehow they had traded away so many assets that they had no day two picks at all. No one in the second or third round. What? That's bad. Like, you do not want to be in that position. They ended up trading, I believe, up into the third round to get Matt Corral, which, again, what are we doing here, guys? Like, what is the vision? Uh, I I really, really, really don't think they 
have thought this through and maybe they just they're going to learn the hard way and ultimately you know how to be an nfl franchise and the owner is going to have to learn this the tough way uh, or maybe it's just never going to happen but um yeah i thought 2021 went exactly as it was as it should have gone in terms of win loss uh did they finish the season with the longest losing streak losing their last seven i think they did probably they finished the most <clears throat> poorly i think uh of any team in the nfl uh, a couple yeah, of it was, it was rough here. especially the people that were really pumped about this team after three games and i mean there were bright spots i mean they beat bad teams but yeah well the nfc was horn, we horn talked about it a lot in the offseason last year the nfc was wide open the nfc south had everyone had an easy ass schedule uh you know we didn't really talk about that but, uh, i guess we just did with the falcons like they had an easy easy schedule last year so did the freaking panthers but again, their best win was at the 34-10 over the Cardinals. And was that even a Kyler Murray game? I don't remember. Um, did they? I think they beat Colt McCoy in that game, but I can't remember. Um, yeah, no good wins on the schedule and some bad losses down the home stretch. Uh, not competitive whatsoever in your games against Buffalo, Tampa, uh, or New Orleans uh, down the stretch. Um, also got destroyed by Miami. Oh, yeah, the, just everything down the stretch was bad. Um, and they probably needed to move on from rule, but they decided not to because who knows why. So he enters this season as the coach on the hottest seat. However, again, like we don't have a track record of Tepper one way or the other firing or keeping a guy for a full season. So he ought to be your favorite for first coach fired, but the price isn't good enough to get involved in my opinion. Um, and I think ultimately the schedule this year and the strengths on the team this year are probably good enough that they are looking at a middling kind of a finish, which means, you know, rule the, the discussion about keeping or firing rule is not even really going to be that easy at the end of the season, I don't think, um, because there are some true bright spots about this team in terms of talent on the roster. It just doesn't exist. I have a lot. Position. I have a lot of like silver linings bright spots like a lot of things that hey this could go right if everything yeah. works out but at the same time like the ceiling for this team is not a team that wins playoff games like the ceiling for this team is probably your seventh seed that just gets wrecked by you know, whatever <laughs> whatever division's champion they get so like yeah five wins i, I feel like we do see a team that eclipses uh, the five win mark that they set two years in a row. And I don't know. So we'll start with Baker because I really, really hated Baker coming into the league. And that was the last year I tried to evaluate quarterbacks. Cause I think I liked Darnold and Rosen the best and hated Baker. <laughs> like just everything I've done was wrong with quarterback evaluations. I don't do it anymore. And I think Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. I don't think he has great in him but man this guy played through a couple of pretty you know damning injuries for how a quarterback needs to operate and you know just the torn was it a torn labrum like i mean sure. he had a he had a not throwing shoulder. shoulder but he had a messed up shoulder and a bad knee and he was playing up there and you know you don't you you don't understand drew you're in sunny long beach you try having a bad knee up in the cold weather baby I have a very like, special you, fuck you for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so like again, um, if he's healed up, true or false, this is a 
better wide receiver room. True. Yeah. I mean, and if he's healthy, like, again, I don't see him vaulting into this, like, holy shit, Baker. Way worse offensive round. Yes. Well, then that, that it is. Well, yeah. I mean, relatively, but from the, from the 2021 Browns to the 2022 Panthers, yeah, it's a huge downgrade, but from the 2021 Panthers to the 2022 Panthers, I think there's chances it takes a step forward, which when you're in the basement, the only staircase is up to be fair, but I think Baker has a shot to be okay at this stop. Yeah. The same. If he is better than okay and elevates this team, I'm going to be really fucking mad for him. (laughs) He just absolutely destroyed the Browns last year. Like, like, so like by himself, effectively. Destroyed the well, they kept playing year. him, and he was in, he was clearly not 100% at all ever. Yeah, like, but like the Browns were rostered last year where they, they, like, they, they, he, they did have a couple of good running backs they could have relied on a little more. He, he, he barely, barely needed to do anything really last year, and that's a playoff team. And he managed to fuck it up. And I think Wincy an effort. Yes. And, and it was so, uh, there was so much bad juju between him and a good coaching staff that I hang that entirely on the player. There was so much inability for him to really kind of get the, you know, kind of the other important voices in that locker room to play hard for him that I hang that on the player. Like you, like that Browns team was ready to contend for, at least a couple of playoff wins last year, and it was dead on arrival. And May- Mayfield can, in hindsight, point to excuses about his health and fitness, but it doesn't change the fact that he performed the job of quarterback poorly for the Browns. And that ultimately kept them from succeeding as a, uh, as a team. And the idea that a fresh start means anything that he can all of a sudden turn it around and be uh you know all of a sudden be some disciplined player who's going to make good decisions who's going to execute within the system who's going to elevate any other player on this roster i need to see it over a extended sample to believe it at this point i think he caught some lightning in the bottle as a rookie had a little bit of chemistry with Freddie Kitchens, which he then ultimately drove Freddie Kitchens out of the league, or at least out of the head, co- head coaching job, uh, and then couldn't get along with uh, Kevin Stefanski, which is an enormous red flag for me. Like, literally, you yeah. swap Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins last year, and Kirk is the Browns quarterback, and Baker is the Vikings quarterback. I, I mean, they're in the second week of the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think likely, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I'm not here for these. I I will be very 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 uh, late to the party if the rest of the world is glowing over Baker Mayfield on the Panthers winning hard fought games. Like I will be like, other shoes coming. <laughs> Don't buy into this. Like this is not a team you should have power rated as a above average offense. Baker will ultimately destroy them. Like it's gonna, well, I'm, I'm gonna be late to that party. 
it's fun too because once we get to the schedule, we're gonna see that this might this might be something that I know. Comes schedule to, looks it's gonna, like it's gonna try it's to make gonna come, that happen. It's gonna yeah. make it. It's gonna make something like this happen if it's if it truly is um, something we're gonna see there. And then just also too, it's, um, the the most fun thing I read in any of the previews. I read this last week. Had to go back and find it. Was that. Uh, who's the offensive coordinator here, Drew? Uh, this is this is fun. Oh, it's somebody shitty. <laughs> yep, you got it. <laughs> it is Ben McAdoo. Ben did McAdoo nothing, did nothing but oh talk God. shit about oh uh, Baker in when they did the the pre-draft evaluations. So that's a oh, I don't know. I it's fun because the internet remembers that. everything, and that's awkward, but. Um, McAdoo's teams in New York don't really jive with what Baker does. I don't think. I don't. Know. We'll 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 see. Like, it, I I think he can play a lot better if he's healthy and this offense works out with just like, hey, look at all these players we have. Like, if if Baker plays, you know, baseline Baker Mayfield's healthy quarterback, and we have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Christian McCaffrey. This offense should not suck ass. And again, like the offensive line was real, real bad. That was an issue, but that was their first round pick. Iki Aquanu is raw for NFL, and sometimes rookies come in and struggle right away. But they brought in a couple free agents and Bozeman and Corbett. Like they're, they retooled the offensive line, and it should be better. It's still likely not going to be league average. That's probably their ceiling for this, but. There's a lot of there's a lot of hope around this offense and the defense was good. Like it and that's again, we're gonna get to the schedule. And this this feels like an absolute uh like there's a paper tiger moment to come around the, the October sixteenth mark where it's like where this team is gonna get pumped up similar to last year, but maybe even to a greater extent, where if they get some early season wins and things are flying and then suddenly they, you know, get punched in the mouth, it'll be pretty funny for the market. But yeah. I, okay. Here's, here's a, my, there's a here's lot of, thoughts. there's a lot of things that could go right. That could have this team mm-hmm. beating. And again, like we talked about the Falcons, maybe to a lesser extent, cause this, you know, this isn't the roster the Falcons had last year, but beating teams, they should beat and then losing to, yeah, they face both Super Bowl teams. They face Tampa Bay twice. Obviously, like they face a bunch of good teams. They're going to lose those games. I think it doesn't matter how elevated this team is, but this team, like I said, with a bunch of coin flips slash short favorites slash winnable games in the schedule, and all these little improvements, any sort of competent quarterback play, and like their ceiling is a wild card for sure. A hundred percent true. This team could make the playoffs, and it wouldn't shock me. And it's not big, but it's it, a lot has to go right offensively, a lot, and a lot has to break their way from injuries in division, especially. But that that the 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 blueprint is there for this team to shock and win the AFC, the NFC South. I think it is. The offensive line that you brought up, though, I'm not sharing the optimism that you seem to be implying. Um, you don't have, think it'll get better? So I have it Taylor. Can't get worse. It can't get worse. It can't get worse. I have Taylor Taylor Moton, Moton, however you want to pronounce it. I have him as better than replacement level. Um, Corbett, 
Bozeman and Jordan, I have failing grades on. Those guys, I do not. And again, continuity is a problem. All three of those guys came in from yeah. other teams, right? Corbett from the Rams, Bozeman from the Ravens, Jordan from Cincy. Um, Iki Aquanu, great draft choice potentially for the long term of this franchise, but expecting him to be viable uh, as at the tackle position, you know, out of the gate is asking a lot. Like, I think Baker's going to be under duress. He's going to have to get it done the hard way. And he's gonna have to take his licks. He's probably gonna get hurt, frankly. Um, doesn't have a bailout at the tight end position. Uh, he's got some very, very, very high upside receivers to work with, particularly DJ Moore. Uh, I have DJ Moore graded as the second best Panther. Oh, excuse me, third best Panther from last year. Uh, and he is a bona fide wide receiver one in the NFL definitely among the top 32 wide receivers in the NFL. Um, Robbie Anderson was bad last year, played a lot of games, but I'm okay hanging more of that on Darnold and his inability to get the ball that's, to Robbie that's Anderson. That's why it was hard to his, grade some of these Like guys. his skill set failed so perfectly with what Robbie, with what uh, Sam Darnold was, you know, his skill set failed because Rob, because because of Darnold's inability to make that pass. Was the only thing he could do to get open, uh, so they just were oil and water from week one. Um, and then Christian McCaffrey is tough for me to expect you're going to get a full slate of games. He played seven games last season, and even that felt like a gift at times. Uh, he is uh, he's too small to be given the you know, the the type of demand that they're going to have to because his backups are Chubba Hubbard and Dante Foreman. And you know, Dante Foreman's, I guess, a little bit better than Chubba Hubbard was last year in the replacement role, but it still is. It's a bad room if he's unavailable. So this becomes a two-man show between Mayfield and DJ Moore uh, behind a sketchy offensive line in sort of the nightmare offense that gets Matt Rule fired. And I don't, th I think that's like, 40% of the outcomes. Really? Yeah. This offense finishing in the bottom five of the NFL, I think is likely. Uh, and I think realistically, uh, if they surprise to the good, it's because this defense has some, some bona fide players. But here's the other crazy thing about the offseason and the other last final point to make about these guys and why they don't really look like they know what they're doing building a football team. Two of their four best players on defense from last year, they let walk. They had on cheap-ass contracts, and they let them walk. The best Panther, by far, by my grades from last season, was Jimmy Chin. Jimmy oh, really? Chin. Jimmy Chin was great, great last year at safety. And he is, guess what, on his third season, so he is a very young player. Um, oh, he was 2020 pick, so this is, yeah. He is, uh, he is very young and very capable of growing into the role that is sort of like a long-term guy you keep around on a good unit. Brian Burns, similarly, has two years of service and was excellent last year at edge for them and should continue to take a step forward. His stats were not hollow stats, as far as I could tell you. He looks like he will continue to grow and improve. Um, but then three and four... Were linebacker Jermaine Carter 
and tackled Daquan Jones, and both are gone. And you want to guess who came in and got those guys? The Chiefs and the Bills. Like teams that have good teams systems. that know nothing about teams. building a franchise. <laughs> yeah, that's also that, a bad sign. That's a bad sign. It's when like you get it's your like when you're playing rummy and you put a card and down and the guy can't yes. can't grab it fast enough. Like shit, I shouldn't have discarded that. What a comp. Perfect comp. My gin run my gin rummy comps have always been good, but yeah, great comp. Yeah. Um and the, the Derek Brown pick, I don't know how you have him graded. That's not looking not like, good. It's it's not, not looking like they're getting um I had Daqu- I had Daquan Jones I mean, that was clearly better pick. than him. Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, I mean you, you bring up a good point and I have some it's funny, I I had like positive things to say about the offense and now I have some negatives for the defense because really? like they have well, it's it's more of a recent negative. I am high on this defense. Despite, like I said, Derek Brown probably not living up, even gross, okay. gross tomatoes, maybe not living up to um, some capital they used on him. But yeah, Chin, Xavier Woods, you have a good safety group. You have good cornerbacks. J.C. Horn is legit. Yes, like that was that was a painful injury for this defense mm. to try to absorb. But here's the problem: like half their half their secondary is hurt in camp right now. It yeah, might be a rough good. start to the season. Like, like Horn Horn's foot is still bugging him. C.J. Henderson busted up his didn't bust. I shouldn't use the word bust. He, he tweaked his ankle. Is going to miss a week, possibly two. Uh, Keith Taylor just pulled his hamstring. Like they're they're not having a great camp for keeping people healthy. It's a uh, it's a it's a problem. So if the secondary comes into the team, comes into camp, excuse me, comes into the season healthy, it is going to be a strength. And like you said, they have a couple of difference makers up front as well. They're going to have the true combination of not everybody has everything, but if you have a really good secondary with a good safety duo and at least one shutdown guy and a pass rush, like you can hang with anybody. Yes. It just does not matter how good the other team is. You can hang with anybody if you can manage to you know, temper their passing game enough with the combination of a good pass rush and a good secondary and a, you know, and a smart coordinator calling it. I guess uh, I, I really, and again, I said nice things about the offense and let you kind of piss on it. And it's fine. I'm, I'm not a McAdoo guy. Like I'm not excited about that. Out of anything that has happened, like that's that's not super exciting to me. But I, I think they're going to be okay on defense. So that is that is the upside to this team. And like I mentioned, and we'll get to the schedule here. There are so many games that are a short favorite or close. I mean, just look at yeah. look at all these ones and twos on yep. the schedule, like. A good defense oh, has you it, as it. the kind of team who wins a lot of close games. Yes, you're absolutely right. Like if if they had kept the entire unit together last year and JC Horn was back healthy and CJ Henderson was emerging and you weren't going to be starting a lot of Dante Jackson in the secondary, then all of a sudden, like I'm like, dude, this defense is good enough to get this team to the playoffs. Let's go find some playoff yeses and hold our nose. Uh, the Baker Mayfield revenge tour here comes. Like I'm, my entire, you know, kind of temperature on this team is a lot warmer if they had a healthy defense 
you know, but, you know, brought back the highlights from last year and, you know, got some, got health in the secondary protect, especially because there's a lot of young guys that are good that are, should be taking steps forward in their careers. Um, and a lot of coin flips on the schedule that they should, could win with a, a strong defensive performance. Instead, I think this is just a bet the under and don't watch the game kind of a team. Yeah. Ish. I don't know what to do with a team like this. But again, this is what I was alluding to earlier when we said, what if this offense looks good early and then, boom, we run into this spot where you play the Rams, the Bucks, and the Cincinnati Bengals within three weeks there. Oof. There's probably some spots where, and again, even the Niners. Again, it's at home, and the Niners have to travel to the East Coast. It's not an early game, though. It is It is the late start time for an East Coast game, which is a little helpful, but I'm not high on Cardinals. I don't know what we're going to see from New Orleans right off the bat. The Kamara stuff, I'm still not even sure on his legal problems. I'm not sure if MT is fully ready to go yet. Alave's obviously winning rookie of the year, but they could still lose that game. But Cleveland Giants, New Orleans, Arizona, and then even a, a bit of a decent spot where you have a good travel and a bit of a rest advantage against the Niners. Like you start four and one, the market's going to come along a little. And then I don't know, like how low shit, let's say they start five and oh, and everything looks hunky dory. How low can that Rams line go? Oh man. Uh, under seven, surely. Yeah, under seven, and then all of a sudden, I mean, even at seven, in LA, seven, I, seven and a it's half. A tough. You it's think a I'm tough not teasing, one. I'm teasing the shit out of the Rams at seven and a half. Oh if shit! That's, if that's, yes, that's like yes, the yes, yes. absolute banger of a of a teaser, and essentially your first, you know, real travel spot is we've only had to pop up to New Jersey once at that point just up the coast a little bit. So yeah, that's the beauty of a teaser. If that can come, I hope that comes down into the seven and a half to eight and a half range. Cause that's a, a banger of a teaser. And then you come home and play a good Tampa Bay squad. Get the Atlanta twice in three weeks. That's a funny little wrinkle they throw in sometimes. But again, Cincinnati at Cincinnati, Baltimore at Baltimore. And then I guess at least you get Denver at home. But at that point, Denver's had some time. These teams that have lack a big lack of continuity at an important position like quarterback, you'd love to play them a little earlier in the season before Russell Wilson gets his feet under the ground. So it's a, maybe a little ding against them, and then and then the bye. But they do. I mean, they do have some teams who are cold on, and like you said, Pittsburgh, Seattle, the Arizona, the Giants. The Giants are, and the practice reports coming out of wherever the hell they have their camp isn't super rosy right now either, despite what we said was their upside. So, like you said, and you know we've been over this a couple times. Even if they go get punched in the mouth at the Rams at Tampa, you know at Cincy, Baltimore, like there's still enough you know, coin flip, easy-ish games in the schedule where they win 10 games and go to the playoffs as a seven seed. Yeah. They're, yeah, I mean, 10 is high. I don't think 10 is happening. But maybe an eight. No, like the, the offense the has to be year. working for 10. The NFC defense, is, yeah. defense doesn't get you 10. The NFC is such a shit show. An eight, nine team makes the playoffs out of the wild card is not crazy. An eight, nine team winning the South is not crazy. South's pretty shit, man. Tampa Bay is dealing with some stuff. New Orleans is a huge question mark. They're going through it. They're going through it. Um, 
God, dude, Baker Mayfield, though, he was such a fucking turd last year. He was just such a phenomenal turd. If he ends up being any, like, the good version of himself for a full calendar year and takes this team to the playoffs, I'm I'm just going to be phenomenally annoyed. Um, the I don't think it's happening, though, frankly. I think this offense is going to be too bad as a, as a whole. I think there's no, too, and many, just too many issues. Like the, the odds aren't probably there for me. Right. Yeah, it is. It's a scalar schedule imbalance, like a bunch of. Oh, yeah. It's big time. Oh, actually, yeah. Let's point that out. You said it, I think. Uh, a bunch four, of easy teams. And- four of your first five games are home. Five of your first seven are home. Uh, your, you know, your one trip early in the season at the Giants. Big fucking deal. Uh, you're right. You could you could pad your resume and get people feeling yeah. a lot better about you than you really are. Come that San Francisco yeah. Rams turn. Your cold cold weather road game at the New York is in you know back to school season where it's still yeah. nice up in New Jersey. You think that they're going to be a home a trendy home dog? Like they're home dogs a bunch and under three. Like, are they going to be a trendy home dog? Uh, if they beat Arizona, Cleveland and they go up and look good and possibly end up two and zero. Are they a home dog to New Orleans? It probably flips to a pick. Are they going to beat Cleveland? See. No, they're not winning that game. I don't know. I I don't know enough. About I think that's the problem. Like seen, that's I've just it. Both like percent. if JC Horn was like taking a step forward as a second year cover corner this year, and you could say, "Hey, JC Horn, go erase Amari Cooper, and let's see if Jacoby Brissett can do a goddamn thing against our our good defense," then. That's like the under bet of a lifetime, and the you know Panthers very live to win that game. I I'm not seeing that though. I don't think that's a good matchup for them in any way, shape, or form. I think the run defense is going to be tested. I think in general, Cleveland's pass rush is going to be nasty to match up with. There, Mayfield could be running for his life a lot of that game, um, and you know. They brought, we didn't even really bring this up when we were talking about Mayfield, talking about the quarterback decision. Like they brought Mayfield in wicked late. Yeah, they waited a long like, ass time. Well, and that that is so. And this is my final question before we get to the odds is because I've seen this posed both ways, and I think one of these is absolute horseshit opinion. Because you are not super sure on Baker, and also he's an injury risk. Someone said, hey, splitting reps in camp is a good thing because it it signals to the team that, like, hey, we're going to give both guys a chance, and it's, you know, it's a fair competition just in case Darnold has to play at some point and the team will have a little bit of belief in him. Like, I, like, I probably don't subscribe to that. I think that's horrid. Like, go – if you traded for Baker, that means you wanted him enough to start him. Get him every rep you can. My God, get him with the ones. Of course. At least three quarters. I'm fine with Darnold getting some reps, but if Baker's not getting three quarters of the reps in practice right now, you're doing yourself a disservice to get ready for week one because he has like 50 days. Or yeah. he, you know, once, once he got into camp, it was like 50 days, I think, for week one. That's not a lot. That's not a lot to get ready on a, on a new team, uh, you know, coming in so i'm well, yeah i'm a little, I'm a little sketched out by how he'll look early thank you for bringing that up because that was a stupid decision organizationally among among the many stupid decisions that's a good one a good thing to point out um and i think 
Yeah, somebody yeah, brought just up the, in the, the justification. Stole, stole I saw my point of where I was going with that. Like Baker poisoned that locker room and let the rest of that team down so aggressively last season. Like, if this is the Browns' best defensive performance we see all year, will I be surprised? No, that'll be fun. No, like go shut this guy out. Like you know, go hold the Panthers to zero points. Uh, get the win, and uh, you know, kind of exercise some demons. I think the Browns as a team have more they're playing for with the chip on their shoulders in that game than Baker does to go prove some revenge spot. What do you think about that, Andy? Garrett has been known to swing a helmet at people. I wouldn't <laughs> want to go up against him. Like, I'd be, yes. I'd be worried. Who like, does he I'm, line up if against? I'm, if I'm Baker, I'm just like, fuck it. You guys start Darnold for one game, whatever. Like, I'm not quite ready. Oh, dude. He's going to be so, nasty, nasty, nasty. Um, uh, all right. I, I I thought this number was a little lower, but looking at, I can see the odds on the other slide right now, like Super Bowl, NFC, all that. It just, they don't have, even if it is, hey, this team really overperforms, gets to 10 wins, which would be the offense clicks, the defense stays healthy and works, and they win all their coin flips. It's still not a team, like I said, that I can trust to win road games in the playoffs, much less several. So, like, Super Bowl, NFC, NFC, like, that's out of the window. NFC South, the number's not big enough for me yet. But to make the playoffs is four to one, I kind of want to go evaluate all my teams that I think are in the mix for the wild card in the NFC and start looking at some of those numbers. I think I might build a portfolio of two or three teams um, at the three or four oh, to one yeah. range. Saying, and, and say just, one of because, these gets a seven. Because there will be seven teams to make this playoffs. Like it just, yeah. it is going to happen. And, you know, like I, I really think, you know, Minnesota, Carolina or Minnesota, Green Bay, Tampa, I'm, I'm putting Tampa in the playoffs. I'm until further notice they're there. And then Rams. And then somebody has to win the NFC East. Like there's, there's a spot or two that are, that's there for these teams to be taking. I'm not, I'm, you know, the Niners are a good team, but they're starting a quarterback that we, we really, really, really have a wide distribution of results for. The Cardinals, I think, are ready to take a step back. And boy, like Bears, Lions, what's that leave us with? Seattle, the rest of the NFC East. Like there's a spot or two that's open. And I think you could take and make a nice little portfolio. Other than that, I think the win total is fair to possibly bet it bet to the over a little but again you have to believe in baker and the fact that they're not giving him all the reps in the preseason has me probably hands off on that right now yeah i think they are probably going to be asked a question at some point this season when their easy games are when the home home coin flips are behind them and they didn't win them all are we really trotting baker out here to try to chase a wild card berth or are we seeing what we have with matt corral and that actually like begets maybe the biggest question of all, which is that make the playoffs yay or no, overachieve, underachieve, six and a half. Where are we going? What are we doing? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> right? What the, is biggest cheat, the biggest cheat code to tank without tanking is to be like, man, I would Quite love to see what this rookie quarterback can do. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> against, the, of course. against the Ravens in Baltimore. 
Like, how do you win that game? You don't. It just doesn't happen. So I'm gonna have to clip this when they really uh, Matt Corral up. goes they into really, Baltimore. They, yeah, they they really fucked this all up royally. Like they have created their own problems in almost every respect. Um, betting plan of attack. Right now, the Carolina Panthers are the 24th ranked power ranked team by market. That is about correct. Four points worse than an average team on a neutral. That's a little low, but not enough to really get my pants worked up. Um, offense expected to be 29th. Defense expected to be 23rd. Offense correct. Defense a little too low. Defense is low. A little too low. So this is an under team. Bet Betting an under in a game where... Especially if once they, if, like, I think actually, like, our best case scenario for betting this team, I think, is that Cleveland comes out and beats them 40 to nothing week one, right? And just really just drills them for, you know, for old time's sake. Um, and then week two, uh, the Giants somehow eke out a win in a close fought game and then like the market dumps all of their panthers enthusiasm entirely and ranks them as like a bottom feeder and then you're probably going to get some decent opportunities to bet some team total unders against them you know you know what i'm trying to get at like i'd love a saints team total under week three love a cardinals team total under week four like those kind of games where you have Decent-ish matchups, weird defense against their offense, and their you know Cardinals, Saints are expected to score twenty-eight-ish points in those two games, but they get twenty-three. Like that's kind of how I feel like how you're gonna have to bet this team. I don't think you can count on the offense on any given week. Yeah, I can live with that. So, yeah, this will be a, a team I think you have to reevaluate every week. <laughs> Like that's my betting plan of attack is spend more time on my game grades for Carolina than a normal team. It's probably my a note I'm putting because I really have to see the why because there's more moving parts of this team than maybe a normal team. Are there specific statistics you're going to look at for Baker Mayfield to try to figure out if he's clicking with this offense? I don't think so. I think it's going to be more of the play calling. And and maybe if, if the play calling is what I like or what I'm hoping to see from this team, but Baker's still not performing, maybe then yes. But I really think it's going to come down to God, he, how they use. He regressed in everything important last year from 2020 to 21. He, and he was on such a nice arc from 18 to 20. And – to be under the same system with a plus EV coach and all of that talent on the offensive line and sick running backs and even, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. for fuck's sake uh, yeah. to start the season. Couldn't Just, get, yeah, couldn't that, make it work with them. Like and my, my it, last, my last bit of cold water again, yeah. is the McAdoo stuff. Like go look at those giants teams. They didn't do Baker. Great. Not good. Great. With play action and extra motion. And those giants teams did that well below average as far as the amount of the ratio of using that like if McAdoo is real vanilla and is not using the things that really made Baker successful when he was at his heights in Cleveland then like how do you expect how do you expect any of this to work so I'm 
I'm cautiously optimistic that they have the pieces, but McAdoo throws a real big wrench in my fucking theories. I'm with you. Um, I guess I'm going to be looking at just in general. Uh, he he threw the ball away so rarely last year, and the number of bad throws was so such an uptick percentage wise that I think that's going to be the telltale and you're going to have to see it in the film. Like, is he playing within the offense and letting it come to him or is he trying to force it? Right. And if he's trying to force it, he's going to make the mistakes that ultimately unwound the Brown season last year. He's going to lose that locker room pretty quick. Cause I don't even know if anyone really likes him in the locker room anyway. Um, and Matt rule being on the hot seat adds a little bit of uh, uh, gunpowder to the whole situation. You know, you know, you know it'll be fun after I just shit talk McAdoo. McAdoo at some point will be the uh, interim coach. Head coach. God damn it! Don't need more McAdoo. In the no, I think the defense is going to be the this this unit that shines, and Phil Snow is going to get a look. You know, Phil Snow. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, Phil Snow. I don't, I don't know. I, it coach, feels like they always the would just lean on like, hey, this guy was already a coach once, like. He can he can lead the team for eight weeks, right? You're right. You're right. It's You're such right. a bad reasoning, but it's it's how they do. Baker is a gunslinger, Patrick. That's why I love him. So, all right. Well, uh, uh, I just clicked on Phil Snow's Wikipedia. This is his what job title in football? Number what? Seventh. Number 19. <laughs> this is his 19th role with uh, with a football team. And before this role... He spent a lot of time was, in the Pac-12. Yeah, it was a lot of Pac-12 football. A lot. A Conference lot. of champions, baby. He was a linebacker yeah, coach for brought the, him in from the Lions. A little bit there. Uh, but a lot of college, a lot of Pac-12. And uh, yeah, this guy started at Berkeley High School. 1976 as the defensive backs coach. Um, kind of wild. Coach he went to Standard Cal Dirt State Cutter. Hayward. Uh, Philip Snow is not on my radar among assistants that I really expect to, 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 to garner interest as head coaches this year. But uh, I like him better than McAdoo. <laughs> so got that going for him. By uh, uh, default. So cool. All right, well, a uh, couple more teams Wednesday, huh? Yeah, I mean, and for Vegas, being our 16th power-ranked podcast, that went pretty well, I thought. Excited to hit up since it's going to be so hot out there. I'm not leaving the casino. Oh, very excited to hit up since the yes. Actually, I will, I'll go to stadium swim. What am I saying? Of course Can't I'll go wait. Can't wait. So. All right. Um, yeah. You bet anything in uh, Canada, by the way? Canada Masters? You bet anything? Um, thinking about Kvitova here, down a set she live, or does she, not look I great. don't, I haven't watched it though. Like, I hate live betting a tennis player because they it might just has, look has horrible. not looked great. Allison Risk looks the better player. Okay, I will avoid it then. Uh, and yes, Kvitova die. lost the first set 6 2 in 29 minutes. It was not how you say competitive. Yeah, she's holding serve so far here. She's no, she slow, lost, she, she lost her first service. But then she broke back immediately. Oh, did she? Oh God! Yes. I'm, I'm, all right, I'm out. I'm out. Not on, going I'm good. Out it's not. It's not going good. Uh, I played a little Storm Sanders plus four and a half. I just need her to now lose this match without 
taking it to a third. And that would be don't lovely. Get too, don't get too cute with Layla. Plus four and a half. Layla, just take care of business. Don't take this to a third. Just get it done here. Um, a tie break right. win. A tie, True. When you bet we're a dog. We're an hour and 40. We're not going to do any more tennis. We're going to call it. When you game. bet a dog, though, and the tie, oh, they, win, God, they win a tie break. Anyway. Oh, God. It's the worst. All right. Let's call it. Let's call it a day. Poor Danny. Let's call it Coaches? No. <laughs> they were making no, that play. I hope, they made, I hope that made it up here. How out of the loop are you? What was the Oklahoma coaches thing? What are you talking about? Um, coach had to step down.